For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now entering the Second Freedom Comics Podcast. Starring Mark Clare and Rimzo Martinez. Wakanda Forever, mother lovers, we're back once again on a Wednesday, coming to you from coast to coast around the world, intergalactically, if that's a word, is it interstellarly, is it out of this world? Anyway, we're going around the world straight to you. Welcome back to the Second Print Comics Podcast. I am, as always, the remarkable Remzo W. Martinez, bringing to you live, well, not live, but I mean, if you want to think it's live, that's pretty cool, the mighty, marvelous Mr. Mark Claire. Mark, how is life? It's mighty, it's marvelous, it's, it's, it's every adjective you just used all wrapped up in one. Tumultuous and um, exciting times ahead for me right now, uh, Remzo. About to uh, leave the city of Los Angeles, about to spend some time in uh, the homeland of my wife in Mexico, and uh, see where the world takes us. Oh, you didn't want to stick around for Escape from L.A. Part 2? No, I decided to watch that one on, on pay-per-view instead. I don't need the live the live experience. <laughs> yeah, shout out to all our California people. We love you, but we know times are tough for many reasons. Uh, speaking of which, right now, I have been uh, just, just overcome with feelings recently. Uh, as you know, and as our patrons know over at patreon.com slash second print pod, our friend Caleb Franz and I have been reviewing the what if, uh, series on Disney plus. And what I have really loved about it is the chance that I get to see as well as the fans, we all get to see some of the last performing moments of Chadwick Boseman. And it has been, uh, you know, it's it's been bittersweet in some cases, not gonna lie, seeing uh, T'Challa be used for zombie food, uh, in episode five and then being like killed off in two seconds in episode six, uh, was, was a little, was a little on the nose. Of course, this was all done when he was alive. So of course they're not like, you know, exploiting it in some ways, but I've really, uh, I, I've, I've really that been would be messed on this. up if it was as soon as he died, they're like, all right, let's write a one. Let's write one where black Panther isn't dead, but he is being slowly eaten by, um, by zombie Wanda. Let's do yeah, that. Yeah. That's some, that's some like South park shit right there. But I, I have been, uh, I, I've been a little bit melancholy. I mean, Chadwick Boseman's death hit me like it did everyone else. I mean, he truly was, one of the best actors of my generation. And I've been really, uh, you know, wondering like all the listeners at home, like what, what is next for black Panther? So, you know, to kind of just tied myself over, we were discussing kind of what we wanted to go over this week. And I was like, you know what? I want to talk about black Panther. I want to talk about a few other things related to what, what's going on in what if, but I don't really want to do a, what if episode, there's gotta be a way to get everything I want in one episode. And because, Comic books are so amazing. I found a story that does just that. But before we go ahead and get started, Mark, do we have any house notes? I believe we do. Uh, It is my understanding that you actually recently came upon a few graphic novels into your possession. And because you are so incredibly generous, have decided 
to give those graphic novels to four very special people. Who are these special people? These special people will be getting the gift of my love eternally, but they can also get some graphic novels, as you mentioned, by joining our Patreon at any level, $5 or higher at patreon.com slash second print pod. We've got exclusive shows. We've got early releases. We've got so much content coming out of our asses. People have been asking if we have anal Parkinson's. So if you want an early edition of Harbinger, if you want some Deadpool, and if you want some other super awesome stuff that I will mysteriously grab from my bag of awesomeness and mail directly to your doorstep, please, doorstep, bleh, uh, you can go ahead and join our Patreon today. We're doing this for the first four new patrons that join from the day of release. And so we run out of graphic novels to give away. Thanks to you, whenever we've done these giveaways, we've been able to go ahead and grow the Second Print Nation community as well as bring you cooler, more awesome epicness content. So please, it's as little as $5 a month, or you can jump in for some of the extra awesome levels like the $25 epic crossover level where you'll not only get exclusive Zoom calls, you'll get all the bonus content, but you'll also get some signed awesome stuff as well as a graphic novel mailed to your door, a hardcover graphic novel may i remind you every three months at the epic crossover level hold on so are you are you trying to tell me that it's this simple if someone just goes ahead even if they sign up at the five dollar level to patreon.com slash second print pod click that join button and they just get a graphic novel it just gets sent to them they don't even have to do more let alone if they go and join the epic crossover level to get those those hardcovers or the kirby club where they could where they could even produce a episode if they if they so please but yeah mark i'm, I'm doing they, this they can even have us look at a old 70s mutant story that includes leprechauns are you suggesting that that's what they could do if they want yeah because i'm a man of the people we gotta give the people Amazing. what they want Okay. So please, well, I approve. I the, next, approve. the next four people, patreon.com slash second print pod. It, it really is my favorite part of doing this show. Not just the fact that we will often physically send comics to people, uh, whether it's through Patreon or through one of the many promotions we often do like we are here, uh, but it is really just introducing people to different comics, including each other. I know you had never read Savage Dragon before, before I introduced that to you uh, in episode three. And uh, I had never read the story that we're going to read today before either. And don't know if I ever would have. So it's all, it's all about the journey, all about the adventure here at SBC. Absolutely. Speaking of which, let's just go ahead and get into the down and dirty of it. Mark, I, I, I always will remember the first night I went to go see Black Panther in IMAX. I felt like I was kind of a fish out of water. Why? Because I feel like I was the only person who had ever actually read a Black Panther comic book. Uh, it seemed that when Chadwick Boseman jumped on the scene in Captain America Civil War, everyone was suddenly really fascinated with T'Challa. And for me, I had known this character going back all the way to 2005. I had fallen in love with uh, with the all King the way of back, all <laughs> the way back. This, this little whippersnapper here. <laughs> hey, at least I was I had already had an entire comic book fanhood and already stopped reading comics at that time. And then I came back. I believe million years boy i lived an entire lifetime before you even sniffed the scent of a finely printed new comic book well i hope you get your aarp membership soon but in the meantime uh i'm waiting by the mailbox it's it's not coming in the meantime, I've, uh, you know, I've been really happy to see that the world has really fallen in love with the character of T'Challa. Mark, what was your first interaction with the character of Black Panther? 
I will say growing up, this was one of those many, many characters who I really just know from appearing in other books. Um, as we'll see in this book here, Black Panther is, uh, you know, he's friends with a lot of characters in the Marvel Universe. He's friends with Reed Richards. He's friends and often a member of the Avengers. I believe at one point he was actually funding the Avengers as well. Uh, so I, I mostly knew him through seeing him through uh, either group books like the Avengers or crossovers or when he would cross over with a book I was reading like Fantastic Four. But I never I'm not even sure if to this until I read this book, I'm not actually sure if I ever opened a comic book that had the title Black Panther in it until this very story. I, I actually don't think I have. And, and you see, that's kind of like how it is for a lot of folks. I mean, I put Black Panther almost like a step above the Guardians of the Galaxy, but he's really one of those characters that if you're a diehard comic book nerd, you're going to have something nice to say about Black Panther. But for your regular passerbys, especially a lot of your folks who were brought into comics by the MCU, you, you might not have had as much exposure. They actually had an animated film called Ultimate Avengers 2, The Rise of the Black Panther, that came out in 2006. It was when Marvel used to do their Marvel animated featurette movies, back when Marvel actually used to put out good animation. And, um, you know, that was my first exposure. I was watching this, like, you know... African Batman who was in charge of a country like team up with the Avengers and like fight aliens and shit like that. And I'm like, holy crap. I always equated bat. Uh, I was about to call him Batman. I almost always equated black Panther to Batman. If he was in charge of a country and learned to get over the death of his parents, because really that that's your the- superpower. I'm rich and I have a country Yeah, and I some mean, cool metal. I would rather have that than have actual powers. Would you? Depends on what the powers are and depends on what the country is. What would you rather have than I actually no? Like think about all the characters with powers. They always find themselves like without their powers and they don't know what to fucking do. Whereas the characters who rely on gadgets or something or some type of, you know, like quick magic to get like, you know, enhanced skills or something like when they don't have it, they seem to still be okay. I think I would want to practice magic. I don't want to be like John Constantine Hellblazer where I just studied really hard, learned magic, and then that's what I do. And who can take that away from me? No one can take my skills away, you know? See, kids, if you try hard enough, you can become a warlock, Mm -hmm. too. That's right. Well, I wanted to go ahead and jump into this specific Black Panther story because, as I mentioned, I really want to do something Black Panther. But I also promised some folks we'd do something Marvel zombie related. And I, I know when I sent you this storyline, you were like, what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> it's got this weird banner on top. So I'm just going to go ahead and cut to it. This go- is another one. I think well, it was just four or five I weeks do. ago. We did that Punisher War Journal. That was also an initiative story as well. Uh, that was that was Civil War. So this chronologically, it takes place around the same time with this first issue. And then uh, the, the next couple issues happen almost like days after Civil War. But anyway, the superhuman Civil War has hit the Marvel Universe at this point in time. Captain America has been shot on the courthouse steps. Tony Stark is in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. as their new director. Half the heroes are on the run with Luke Cage and the new Avengers and the others have uh, fallen in line and joined Shield's new initiative. So this comes during the initiative phase of Marvel Comics, and this is actually when I started collecting Marvel regularly. At the time, I think I remember I was collecting Amazing Spider-Man, New Avengers, Mighty Avengers, uh, Captain America, and Punisher War Journal. So these are really a lot of my like formative years. But I picked this up too because I didn't know that Black Panther had been as involved. So after I saw that Ultimate Avengers two movie, I saw Black Panther on the stands. I was like, holy shit, 
He's uh, actually like, you know, involved with this stuff as as he has been for a while. But uh, some other things you might want to know. So at this time, before we start, Black Panther has married his one true love, Storm of the X-Men. Uh, they got married recently during the middle of the superhuman civil war. And what ended up happening was they actually took Captain America's anti-registration side. So they're not at the best terms with the U.S. government or with S.H.I.E.L.D. But because they lost and because T'Challa is a king and Storm is the queen, they have like diplomatic immunity and stuff like that. They basically get a free pass from having to face repercussions from going against the feds, except now the whole U.N. is really pissed at them because everyone was kind of hoping that this registration would go. So that, there's that. And secondly, uh, in the Fantastic Four comics, which are going to influence the story, the Fantastic Four was split. You see, Johnny was, at a, was in a coma during the Civil War. Uh, ben Grimm ran away to France because he didn't want to pick a side and fight against any of his friends. And then uh, Sue Richards, the Invisible Woman, went ahead and joined Captain America's side. And Reed Richards joined the pro-registration side. And during the final battle in issue seven of Civil War, um, the Taskmaster was actually about to shoot Reed Richards because why not? So Taskmaster, uh, I'm sorry, no, he was about to shoot the Invisible Woman because he's a dick. And as he shot a bullet her away quickly, uh, Mr. Fantastic saw it and expanded himself to catch the bullet. So, you know, that was his way of reconnecting with his wife by saving her. And he almost almost died. So now the dust has settled. Sue Richards went ahead and accepted the pardon, and now she's trying to fix her marriage with Reed Richards, and that is where we're at. Mark, any questions before we actually get started? Yeah, my question, when are we actually going to review Civil War? That one's going to be on you. That's your generation. Because we've done like five or six stories around Civil War. I feel like we're saving the big one. We're saving the big story. I have a feeling 2022 is going to really excite a lot of people. I'll put it that okay. way. I'm excited already, but no, I I'm, I'm, I'm ready to dive into this story. This one, I was kind of like confused by it at first and then confused about why you chose it. And then confused about what the tie end to zombies was. And then by the end, well, by the end, I'll give you my thoughts when we get there. How about that? Now we start issue 26 of black Panther on the cover. We see, um, black Panther, the thing, human torch and storm, Anyway, we go ahead and start, and what you see is a bunch of S.H.I.E.L.D. operatives. They're in the negative zone. Now, what was going on in the negative zone was during the superhuman civil war, um, they realized that they couldn't have a prison full of bad guys in you know, in and around a major city because last time they did that, they had the raft, and Electro came out and basically sprung all the other supervillains out of the raft. So because of that and because of the events of civil war, S.H.I.E.L.D. was like, you know what, Reed Richards, here's what we need you to do. We need you to go ahead and create a prison that will not be a threat to anybody. So Reed Richards is like, well, you know, I've got the place. Let's go ahead and build a prison in the negative zone. So now you have this giant superhuman prison in the negative zone, and it's basically run by S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Meanwhile, the Wakandan embassy in New York has just basically been demolished, uh, you know, because of the Civil War and everything. So um, Storm and Black Panther are basically kind of wondering, like, what's going to happen now? Like, What's uh what, what what do we do? So they go ahead and pull up a jet and they end up flying away. Meanwhile, somebody's been watching them. It's Maria Hill who's sitting inside the Hell Carrier. She's the deputy director of Shield, and she's actually thinking, you know what? Why don't I go ahead and blow them up out of the sky? And 
she's talking to Iron Man, the new director of Shield, and Tony Stark says, "Because we just hit, we just destroyed his embassy. Because we're supposed to be the good guys. Like, I don't know. It their shields coming back to make a, things why better. Not blow up the head of a foreign state. I mean, why not? On American soil. Well, it's Wakandan soil, but it's in America. Like you think New York has enough problems." So Iron Man is basically like, you know, we can't like this is the ceasefire. This is the end of the Civil War, Maria Hill. You can't just go around blowing people up. I'm ordering you as the new director of S.H.I.E.L.D. And for the most part, I know a lot of people when they go and look at this era, they're weird out because now Tony is a Fed. But what people don't remember is back in 2003, he was actually the the, uh, secretary of defense under George Bush. I did not even know that happened. See the look on Mark's face. It happened. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, uh, now we're back in the negative zone and apparently all the negative zone stuff is happening weeks from now. Weeks Long ago. Long story weeks short, um, <clears throat> weeks ago, weeks ago, weeks ago in the negative <laughs> zone. Uh, ba- basically you have this weird negative zone civil war because what has happened is, um, all these little bug creatures are basically fighting for dominance and we don't really understand what negative zone bug creature uh, politics is like. So let's just assume they're all Renzo, bad. Renzo, quick okay? pause. For those easier. of for fans that might be listening that don't really know the backstory, what can you tell us about the negative zone? The negative zone first appeared in the early issues of Fantastic Four. It's the space between all of time and space, between the multiverse where only negative energy lives. And it is run by an evil giant bug creature named Annihilus, who basically rules over the negative zone with his infinite army of giant bugs. But there are other bugs who he kind of reigns over. And at this point in time, Annihilus, because comic logic annihilus got out of the negative zone and decided to become the god emperor of all space so he fought like the nova Corps and the guardians of the galaxy and the silver surfer and they That's killed him to find new so in, yeah you know people need to change he's a renaissance man so basically because annihilus is gone and because now you've got all these humans in the negative zone what you have is all these little negative zone bug creatures like fighting for dominance to basically fill that power vacuum so basically it's the invasion of iraq in comics <laughs> essentially yes yeah wow there's a lot of allegories I'm trying here. to find the next warlord the next ruling warlord yeah so basically uh inside T'Challa's giant, cool Black Panther jet thing. He's got like a little living room in which now he's going ahead and convening with uh, other Wakandan uh, bureaucrats. And they're like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like the UN is pissed at us. The U.S. government is pissed at us. We're pissed at you because you didn't even tell us that you were teaming up with Captain America. I think you're too young for this, Remzo, but have you ever seen the show Thundercats? I mean, you're definitely too young for it. It was definitely not allowed, not out yet when you were. Uh, Is it the one with like Shira? Uh, well, n- he, um, well, Sh- Shira isn't Shira um, He Man's girlfriend? Yeah, that's that's He Man's girlfriend. Shira. Oh, who who was who was the cat lady who wore like no clothes? I mean, I don't think any of them really had clothes, but um, Lyanna. It's not Tigra. Cho Chitara. Yeah. It was Chitara. So you're close. Yeah, she gave, she gave me a lot of weird feelings when I was hitting yeah, puberty. Do Why do you bring up Thundercats? Oh, because this is, I know it's like the Black Panther symbol, but on this page where he's looking at the monitor talking to his whole crew in that's back in Wakanda, that symbol on the table, it's supposed to be the Black Panther symbol, but especially because it's in red, it looks exactly like the Thundercat symbol. 
Oh yeah, Panthers are cats too. So it kind of makes sense. So that, that is like spitting image of of the Thundercat symbol, and I just noticed it now. So there you go. Nothing will ever be the same. I can't read. I can't look at this whole story the same again. Now I'm always going to think that Black Panther is secretly covering up for the Thundercats in Wakanda. Now that that's the storyline I'm going to go with. It's the Thundercats uh, universe. Thunder Black Cats cinematic universe. Yeah, the multiverse of cat Easy people. You. So so anyway. <laughs> Black Panther's basically done as he whipped his dick out and he was like, listen, people, if you can't handle this, like you're going to have to leave. And everyone is like, no, your majesty, we would never want to do that. So what he basically does, because now they're also just trying to pin it on him. They're like, well, you know, our embassy is destroyed. What are you going to do about that, King? Uh, T'Challa goes ahead and pulls out some blueprints because he's a freaking genius. And he did this, obviously, between 1 to 3 a.m., because why not when you're the biggest badass in the Marvel Universe? He's like, good in the meantime, I have designed a new embassy for New York. I'm scanning blueprints to you now. I can't do the Chadwick Boseman. I'm sorry. Bad. It feels I mean, wrong when I do that. Considering who you are, a young Latino boy just learning to read, I think that wasn't too bad. You think I can get away with it? You're getting away with it right now? I mean, in real life? No, I, would not. I wouldn't okay. do this anywhere outside of this podcast. But here, yes. Okay, this is the safe space. We should turn these unfortunate circumstances into an opportunity to upgrade our facilities and upgrade our defenses and offensive capabilities. So basically, he's he's, he's a badass. I I miss Chadwick Boseman. If you practice for the next next month or so, you could probably pull off Black Panther for Halloween. Now, you probably couldn't pull it off socially, but you could pull off the voice. This is getting into dangerous waters even ivier away from... I'm uncomfortable. Anyway... So now they're at the Wakandan uh, consulate office inside the UN and everyone is coming to storm. Who's the ambassador and queen to go ahead and air their dirty laundry. So what you have is you have, um, you know, basically this one country that's not Iran, which is basically Iran. <laughs> and they're complaining that, you know, storm and black Panther beat up their state, their state sanctioned superhero. It was set up to counter the Israelis state sanctioned superhero. So they basically want like, you know, compensation for that guy getting his ass kicked by Black Panther and Storm. So Storm is like, huh, we did. I barely remember that. So then you have the not Iranian Iranian guy who's like, see, now she adds insult to injury. So Storm is like, look, politics makes strange bedfellows. The enemy of my enemy is mine, and people are just leaving. So basically, Wakanda is just like not on anyone's you know friends list right now. And Storm is just getting pissed. She's like, ah, I hate diplomacy. Like, who can I'm not remember even from some this losers? stupid country. What am I? What am I doing? Yeah, who was who, who, who? I hate diplomacy. Uh, who can remember some loser who was bothering us while my husband was pro- was proposing? Oh, yeah. So basically, Iran, not Iran, attacked them when he was proposing to Storm, and, you know, they, they kicked his ass. So, you know, T'Challa's checking in the Storm, and he's like, hey, honey, how you doing? Or, hey, honey, how are you doing? No, he'd say it more like, my bride, how are you doing? <laughs> Um, but anyway, and she's just like, you know, this is, this is not going well. Like the, like the French are mad and the Cubans and the Venezuelans are mad and the Americans are mad. Like everyone's mad at us. So now, um, you know, he's like, well, well, listen here, uh, we're going to have dinner. I'm so you're sh- sick of being stuck indoors. Why don't we fly back to the ship? We've got dinner tonight. So they basically go out to this, uh, uh, really swanky restaurant. Who are they having dinner with? They're having dinner with Reed Richards and Sue Storm, who have not been around each other in a while until Reed showed his love by taking a bullet for Sue, like all good couples should. So basically what they've decided to do to kind of fix things 
is they brought uh, T'Challa and Storm here for two reasons. One, because they know that they don't have a home right now and that the whole world is kind of pissed at them. And three, because they are going to go on a second honeymoon. But with that said, and because they don't have like a deadline for when it's, you know, going to end because they need to really, you know, take care of some marital shit. What they've basically said is, listen, uh, we're going to have a void in the Fantastic Four. And Ben just came back and Johnny's out of his coma and everything. You know, how about you come and basically come in, take our place temporarily and fill in as the adults in the room for the Fantastic Four? And T'Challa and Storm just look at each other for like a second and then they both say yes. And then they all clink their champagne and give a toast to new beginnings. So now um, you've got Reed Richards and Sue returning back to the Baxter building later. And, you know, Ben and Johnny are just all types of emotional. They're like, you're going on a second honeymoon? Like, you know, what, what, what's, what's going on? So all of a sudden, um, you know, you've got Ben, he's all upset because, you know, he feels that Reed and Sue are abandoning the team, which is funny because he's the one who actually abandoned the team. And uh, Johnny's making fun of him and they do what Johnny and Ben always do. They end up getting into a stupid little fight that um, Sue has to go ahead and break up. Meanwhile, Black Panther and Storm show up and they're basically like, here, we're, uh, we're, we're here to basically, you know, be part of the team. Uh, Reed has gone ahead and set up a press conference and he's going to announce that while they're taking a break, that uh, Black Panther and Storm are going to go ahead and step in. So meanwhile, in Wakanda, um, you've got Brother Voodoo. He's kind of like, you know, a cool Doctor Strange type of guy. Um, you know, he, he is basically being given visions from spirits such as his brother Jericho and others basically warning of this giant mystical bad shit, shit, shit storm situation that's going to hit Wakanda eventually. And that has really nothing to do with the story. And then we go on the next page. And what do we see? We see American warships off the coast of Wakanda. And we basically see that uh, his sister Shuri and some dude, I don't think he's Killmonger. I think he might be Killmonger. We might find out later. Uh, they're all wondering if they should go ahead and attack because the king's not around and we don't know when the king's coming back. So now Wakanda is dealing with American aggression in their waters. Get in line, Wakanda. Get in line. Yeah. Don't they don't they know about hearts and minds and stuff? So so basically, we, we also go back to the State Department and the government is basically uh, worried that, um, you know, with with the Black Panther, the King of Wakanda, who was a enemy agent during the Civil War and stuff like that, and Storm on American soil, working with Fantastic Four, a team everyone universally loves, they're they're all freaking out. So then we go back to the team. We've got Black Panther, Storm, Ben, and Johnny. Uh, they go ahead and are basically told that um, you know some some stuff is going on in the negative zone and they need to go ahead and fix it. So then we go back to the negative zone prison and we basically see that the bug people have basically worked out their differences and they've decided that the humans are bad for invading their negative zone space. So they're going to go ahead and attack the negative zone prison. Meanwhile, one of the bug people actually gets into the prison and this guy has like four arms and swords. He's fucking badass. And he walks through into a negative zone portal straight from the negative zone into the Baxter building. Dun, dun, dun. And that is the end of this issue. Mark, what are your thoughts? I don't know if you really want a door from the negative zone that can go right into your living room, but that's what they have at the Baxter building. Did, didn't that cause problems like 
20 episodes ago when we went ahead and looked at the, uh, what was it? Um, it was uh, Heroes Return. Heroes Reborn. I think the negative zone connection causes problems for the Fantastic Four about once a year or so, regardless. <laughs> it just keeps becoming a problem, and they just keep this door there because, hey, you never know when you want to hop over to the neg- negative zone and grab a Slurpee or something. But um, off, off the bat of this issue, I was thinking a couple things. At, at first, I was thinking, why did Remzo choose this story? Where is this going? And uh, I'll understand why in, in later issues. But at this moment, I was just like, well, well why? I don't really know yet. But... The other part of me was very, also very excited because it really reminded me of like I've been as I've talked about on the show before, I've been a big Fantastic Four fan since the beginning. It was the very first book that I read was a, a Fantastic Four issue. Uh, it was actually the, the very first. We talked about this on the Weird Science uh, comic podcast when we did a, a, a best first issue episode. And I talked about the very first issue of Fantastic Four I read, which was the issue where you find out that Johnny Storm, who is married to Alicia Masters, who was Ben Grimm, the thing's old girlfriend. Uh, well, it actually wasn't Alicia Masters series married to it was a scrawl named Lija or Lija or what have you and I'm going to leave that part there for now because it may or may not come back into relevance in this conversation uh, but I also really liked the idea of essentially Black Panther and Storm becoming the new Fantastic Four along with Johnny and Ben for some kind of temporary amount of time because this was this is definitely uh, something that has that comes up again and again throughout the Fantastic Four series and throughout various iterations of the Fantastic Four. You know, there's the original Fantastic Four, but these guys are busy. They often get involved in other stuff, end up in other dimensions, other zones, out on other assignments or what have you, or just working on their marriage like Reed and Sue are in this case, but uh, there are often times when other members are needed. And throughout this, throughout the 30, 40 year history of this series, there have been many, many, many iterations of the Fantastic Four. And I really got like a, I don't want to say goosebumps. That might be going a little far, but I did get that feeling that I often got, got when a I was a kid. Nostalgic. Yeah, a little bit nostalgic, exactly, of just seeing, oh, cool, it's a new iteration of the Fantastic Four. This is one where Black Panther and Storm essentially replace Reed and Sue Richards. But we've seen so many different characters in the Fantastic Four over the years years uh she hulk there was an iteration that had wolverine and ghost rider uh there was actually a she thing at one point wyatt wingfoot have you heard of that character remzo he was in the fantastic four once that was she hulk's ex-boyfriend exactly yeah so there have been so many different characters that have rotated in and and out of the fantastic four spider-man as well uh so i just for that purpose i really liked the idea that oh i i kind of got backdoored into a fantastic four story here i had no idea remzo pulled a little wool over my eyes and found me reading a fantastic four story that i didn't even realize was going to be happening so i i was wondering where this is going and wondering why you chose it but also a little bit interested by the time i realized oh cool i'm reading a fantastic four story and i had no idea that's what was coming yeah and just to emphasize it at this time in in the comics uh this was actually crossing over into the fantastic four books so you basically got fantastic four adventure twice a month once in the fantastic four comics and then over here at black panther for a time so it was it was pretty cool. And that was one of the first big team shakeups that I I remember seeing because I always just thought the Fantastic Four was just the Fantastic Four. So to see, you know, super cool Bruce Wayne like, you know, king of a kingdom and, uh, you know, the hottest woman in the Marvel Universe right there. Like I was like, you know what? This is pretty freaking awesome. Absolutely. So now we're on now we're on to issue 27. And what has happened is they've gone back to the negative zone now. Actually, no, they've, they've gone back to the Baxter building. So remember how I mentioned some stuff is going on between the Fantastic Four comics and here? 
This is technically part two of the story arc, but some other stuff happened in the previous issue of the Fantastic Four. So you've got some guy here named Gravity. You've got a magic frog. Um, a bunch of shit just kind of happened out like that. They really did it this way, but you just need to know if you're confused when you go from part one to part two and you're like, where'd they go? Just know that they went and did some superhero shit and now they're back. So uh, they're, they're back with this like magic toad thing. Doesn't matter too much. And storm is just, uh, you know, tired at this point. So uh, at this point she goes over to T'Challa as everyone is basically like retiring for the day. And she's like, beloved, perhaps you should consider taking a little nap too. And T'Challa is like, Oh nap. Right. So as they're walking away with their arms and each other arms, you see the thing he he's looking at them and he's like, now there's somebody who could show Reed a thing or two about priorities. <laughs> it's basically saying, I just want to come basically saying Reed never cares about getting laid. He's always into science and, Panther, you know, he's not quite the same. You think Reed ever went down on Sue? God, come on, Remzo. Are we going there? Is this the Batman controversy again? Answer the question. Uh, honestly. Heroes do what heroes have to do. If if he did, it's not because he decided to. If he did, it's because Sue was like, um, are you going to like put like an, a bu- threatening divorce? Yeah, she put like an, an air bubble around his head until until he and wouldn't let him out of that area until he until he did the deed. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't I don't see Reed as the one who's offering that. Let's just put it that way. You know who would probably do that willingly? Namor. Well, yeah, there's no probably about it. Has if he hasn't in, in Sue's mind, he he may have outside of her mind. Okay, so this has nothing to do with the story, so we're gonna move on. Um, so you've that's got, why we're here. Uh, everyone to ask the hard, difficult questions, the questions that no one, no other comic book podcasters are willing to answer, let alone ask. That's the SPC method. Welcome to the SPC factor. This is the no spin question. Has do- has has uh, Doctor Reed Richards gone down on Sue's store? <laughs> and if not, has this handsome prince from the sea done it? We'll talk about that in just a moment. Okay, so basically everyone is uh, is taking a nap. While well, in in Black Panther's case, uh, he he was you know doing. The thing other- is taking an actual nap. Others are taking quote unquote naps. Yeah, so so basically, uh, you know, something is basically shaking the building. So the the thing is going around waking everyone up, and he interrupts uh, T'Challa as him and Storm were quote napping. So they have to quickly get their their shit on. And what they've discovered is that uh, I guess everybody knew the situation of Reed and Sue except the kids because Franklin and Valeria were left behind to be taken care of by a robot Herbie. <laughs> so as Storm is going around, basically, uh, you know, trying to make sure everyone is okay she remembers that the children are there but she quickly forgets that herbie is a thing so she zaps herbie um mark who is herbie i know very little about herbie other than that he is the the babysitting robot of of uh, franklin and valeria but I, I don't know much about him otherwise he was not a big part of the books when uh in the in the early 90s when i was reading yeah he's basically special ed R2-D2, but he talks. He looks, so like, anyway, he's like that there. robot from, uh, you ever seen Rocky Four, Remzo? Oh, the one that Polly falls in love with? Uh, yeah, I don't know if he, that I don't was know if he falls weird. in love with it, but yeah, there is a weird thing where Polly becomes... He a, falls, he falls he in love with the robot. He does become a little attached to the robot butler. Yeah, it reminds me of that robot. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess taken in... in I guess on a rewatch, I might probably agree. Maybe when I was like 10 years old. I just watched Creed on Amazon Prime. I've been thinking about a lot of Rocky today. Is the robot in Creed? They should have brought the robot back in Creed. Now, that would have been awesome. They they should have. I think they'll do that for Creed okay, 3. They have to. Let's hope so. It, need, it needs an iOS update. <laughs> um, 
But anyway, so they, they go to like the command room and what they see is that there's this creature which is getting past all their defenses. It's getting past the laser beams and the electricity fence and the gas. So the Fantastic Four are just like, okay, I guess we have to go you know, like deal with this thing. Meanwhile, uh, because the Wakandan embassy has moved into the Baxter building, the giant bug creature from the negative zone, which was that thing they were worried about that they kept hearing, um, it's chasing and it's about to eat a Wakandan bureaucrat. But thankfully the Dora Milaje is there. And, you know, usually these women are pretty badass. I like to think they're super badasses, but they just get tossed away by this giant fucking bug creature. And right before it's about to bite someone's face off, the thing starts like beating the shit out of it. And this thing is actually going toe to toe of the thing. And he's having a hard time because it's got four freaking arms. So, um, you know, the, the human torch goes around like, throwing like fireballs at it. But this thing is literally catching fireballs with its mouth and then shooting them back at the human torch. So everyone is just like, ah, oh, damn. It kind of seems like it has a way to counteract like each ability of, of at least of the thing in the human torch. Yeah. Like this, this negative zone bug is not your everyday bug. You can just kill with a can of raid. Like this thing you're, you're going to need to bring in like, you know, seal team six or something. So anyway, uh, it's about to step on Johnny, but quickly Storm comes over and pushes him away with a gust of wind. So then she's like, you know what? I, I know what to do. So she starts zapping this mofo like it's, um, you know, nobody's business. Meanwhile, T'Challa is basically trying to figure out how um, how to go ahead and send this thing back to the negative zone or at least beat it. So Herbie is trying to give advice. And at this point, Black Panther walks over to this giant machine that's glowing and looks dangerous and he's like and what does this device do robot because he doesn't know what his name is herbie um and herbie is like conceived and built by reed richards in less than 36 hours this device amplified the cosmic energy in and t'challa is just not having it he's like thank you robot reed is a genius but his filing technique leaves something to be desired so basically uh he ends up getting a call from shield herbie goes ahead and basically projects um, you know, an image of Maria Hill. And Maria Hill basically says, yeah, listen, a bunch of bugs from the negative zone just went ahead and took over uh, Area 42, which is that giant negative zone prison. And we think one of them may have gotten through to the Baxter building. So T'Challa's like, I'm dealing with it now, Commander Hill. And uh, they're dealing with it all right, because as she goes ahead and looks on a screen that that gives him a look at the negative zone, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents are just getting completely taken down by these, uh, you know, degenerate, uh, you know, backwards, uh, you know, living in a third century uh, insurgent army that refuses to quit. I'm just going to leave that there. Uh, <laughs> so the bugs are winning and that's just not really working out. So at this point, uh, now we go back to Wakanda and Shuri and her friends are basically wondering like, hey, you know, more ships are here. What should we do? And this this part doesn't really matter right now. No, none of this Wakanda stuff really matters for the story at all. Yeah, so basically we go back, and as everyone is basically worried that the bug creature from the negative zone is going to kill everyone, it gets distracted by eating a Wakandan shield off the wall. So what they end up doing is they push all the civilians back behind them, but quickly T'Challa walks in with a freaking giant cart full of guns meant to kill negative zone creatures and the thing is like hey there do you, you uh, i'm sorry hey there you are t'challa where you been bazookas are us and he pulls out this giant freaking like this looks like a gun that cable would this, have this reminded me of uh as a pro wrestling fan i just 
you, I'm sure you're probably not familiar with this character, is my guess. Maybe. I don't know. He's become somewhat infamous. But there was a wrestler uh, for many, many years, mostly on the independents. Uh, and he also appeared in ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling, in the 90s. And he was known as a legit violent wrestler. Like, he actually was legitimately arrested for getting violent in actual wrestling matches that were supposed to be rigged that he would actually he would actually, you know, inflict real violence upon some of his opponents and actually wind it up in legal trouble for that on more than one occasion. Uh, but he, what he used to do is during a, a crazy brawl, uh, he would bring in all these weapons. And at some point he might head to the back and then come back out to the ring with like a shopping cart full of weapons to use. And that that's what this reminded me of when Black Panther, Panther just showed up with this barrel of like weapons. He's like, all right, this is a crazy battle. I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to cart in this big, this big cart of weapons and we'll see what works here. For more great wrestling content, don't forget to subscribe to the North-South Connection feed, which features many, many, many fantastic shows uh, each and every, pretty much every single day. Uh, a lot of pop culture content, a lot of comic book content. Of course, you get the Second Print Comics podcast each and every Sunday and tons of amazing pro wrestling podcasts over on the North-South Connection. Back to you, Remzo. So... Basically, none of the bazookas work. The giant laser fiery one doesn't work. The giant like Play-Doh one doesn't work. This bug is just not not phased by anything. So they're all like, "Gosh, oh, shit, all of Reed's technology doesn't work. Well, what do you have, T'Challa? And he pulls out that frog. So let me go ahead and talk about yeah, this frog. I need frog. to know more about the frog. This is, this is a magic frog. Why is it magic? I don't know. It just is. Just follow me here. The frog matters. The frog is magic and it matters. And the frog has the ability to transport people across the space-time continuum and the multiverse. Are you happy with that explanation, Mark? Because that's all I can give. I am happy enough with it, yes. <laughs> It'll comic book do. Yeah. This this bug from the negative zone is about to get out of the building and they can't have that because that would be bad. So T'Challa pulls out the bug and what they quickly do is corner. Uh, I'm sorry. He, T'Challa pulls out the frog and what the fantastic four does is they corner the bug and they go ahead and quickly use the frog to zap everyone out. So all the Wakandans in the Baxter building are like looking around, they're like shit, like what just happened? So now um, the fantastic four have basically teleported somewhere and they're free falling into the sky and they think they're landing in Wakanda but then when they land and they look around at everyone, they find that they are on the Skrull homeworld and they are surrounded by Skrulls. And the Skrulls are just kind of looking at them. And um, the thing is like uh, an unstoppable bug in Skrulls. What could, what, what could things get any worse? And this is where things get really fucking weird. So if you think all oh, this is kind of weird up until now, it gets weirder because they look around and another portal has opened right behind them. And we see the Avengers, but not the Avengers, you know. We see zombie Avengers. So we see zombie Giant Man, zombie Luke Cage, zombie Wolverine, Spider-Man, Iron Man, and Hulk coming out of this portal wearing uniforms of Galactus. <laughs> so this leaves us just on this crazy freaking cliffhanger and the issue ends there. Mark, what are your thoughts? This is when I was just like, all right. I, I at least see why we're reading this now, because this is freaking insane. What is going on here? I'm getting everything I could ask for and so much more. I never even knew to ask for. Not only am I getting some a new Fantastic Four here, not only am I getting some crazy bug creature from the negative zone, not only am I getting Black Panther carting out uh, a cart full of weapons, New Jack style, uh, but within moments, I I'm also getting magical multiversal teleporting golden frogs, and then I'm getting scrolls. and then if that wasn't freaking enough, I've got zombie Galacti Avengers. What the hell is going on here? 
Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> and like everything is just happening and happening and happening. And maybe you can give me a little bit of backstory here because th- the thing with the zombies confuses me a little bit. So is, is the Marvel zombies, the original iteration of the Marvel zombies, are those, those, these same Marvel zombies that were like the uh, zombified Avengers from another universe. And then somehow they, they, for some separate reason are also traveling through the multiverse and happen to end up coming into this scroll home, home world in this other universe at the same time that the fantastic four with their golden frogs just happens to be showing up in that same universe. Is that what's going on here? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes is good enough. Yes. Okay. So when, and I'm, I'm going to ask a follow up here. So when we've seen other iterations of the Marvel zombies, like is Marvel zombies just a trope that they keep coming back to generically, or are these literally those same zombies? Like, does this actually take off specifically from another Marvel zombie story? They, they do. And they don't, it depends on the story and it depends on the context. So let, let's remember Marvel zombies first actually became a thing in the pages of ultimate fantastic four. And it was never supposed to be as popular as it was. And after that, they had a dedicated series called Marvel zombies. And then there was this crossover, which depending on whether it matters or not is up in the air. And then you had Marvel zombies too. And then you had a whole bunch of other crossovers. It matters and it doesn't treat it like the Simpsons. It gets to the point where continuity is just depending on the context of the story. Fair enough. Either way, it's crazy and weird. And if nothing else, I, I realize, okay, well, this is going to be, this is going to be fun. If nothing else. Yeah. So now uh, we're back on that scrawl planet and the zombie Avengers are flying down, but uh, you know, other people have their own priorities because bug person, let's just call him that the uh, bug from the negative zone, bug person, bug person just starts like beating the shit out of, uh, out of the thing. And uh, everyone is just like, oh, like, this is just a really bad situation. So you see a bunch of scrawls standing around, and they're like, we're being invaded. Um, this bunch is the first wave. They must have more arriving. And the one scrawl is like, but they're fighting each other. And another one is like, they're violent. That's all that matters. They'll turn on us soon enough. So the scrolls are actually trying to have a civil conversation and wonder what the hell is happening. Meanwhile, bug person is beating up the thing and the fantastic four are about to get assaulted by the zombie Galacti Avengers. It's just not a good situation. So now, um, you know, the scroll military is getting alerted. So they're like, uh, we got to go ahead and, you know, put some fences up. What ends up happening is they go ahead and put up a, uh, um, a force field around the city, which goes ahead and uh, smacks zombie Spider-Man. So all the other Avenger zombies just kind of like stop and start laughing at him. Uh, meanwhile, underneath the, the dome, you've got the thing continuing to fight bug person like Peter Griffin and the chicken from family guy. <laughs> and uh, the, the scrawl army is coming here. And the thing is like, ah, oh, something tells me they aren't just here to arrest us. So you've got, um, uh, the the zombie Wolverine, he's trying to cut through the, the force field, and he's like, do they not get that we have the power of Galactus, that we got juiced up on one of his cos- on on the, his power cosmic when we ate him? So I guess now we figured out that they ate Galactus and they absorbed the power cosmic, which, okay. So that's not like something could, we've seen in it. another story, that we're just learning that by from this story, correct? I've actually, I've actually never read Marvel Zombies. Okay. So I, I don't know. Maybe. Well, maybe um, we'll find out I, in a I mean, they're doing edition of Second Print Comics. Stay tuned. 
Maybe. So you've got zombie Luke Cage who goes over there and he starts ripping a hole in the force field. And he's like, do they not see uh, the Galactus gear we're rocking? You can't get away with wearing this techno jumper unless you were endowed with godlike ability. I I really like that these are like zombies with an attitude. Like they're not just brain dead, mindless zombies. They actually seem to have retained a lot of their original personalities. Uh, They're making, you know, they're they're quick witted. Uh, they're joking around, but they still are evil with only one goal in mind to eat everybody else. And so it's a really interesting take on zombies. They were so used to seeing the same old trope as as soon as someone gets zombified, uh, they're just kind of a mindless, brainless uh, eating machine. But in this case, which makes them a lot scarier, actually, they still seem to have retained their intelligence and intellect along with becoming zombies, along with having their regular superpowers, along with, oh, by the way, we got the power cosmic too. So, I mean, it's just like, this, this is the craziest, the craziest zombies you could ever imagine. Yeah, and it just gets even stranger because the next page uh, is a giant panel of the Fantastic Four versus the Skrulls versus Bug Person. (laughs) And next thing you know, like, you know, the the Marvel zombies come out and as Bug Person is, uh, you know, catching a second wind, the thing looks at him and he's like, "Okay, buddy, the warm up act is over. Time for the next round. And as soon as Bug Person is about to fight the thing, uh, zombie Iron Man comes over and bites Bug Person. To which the Fantastic Four just like has no clue what the hell is happening. <laughs> they they all just kind of stand there like shocked, like completely speechless. And at that point, uh, Black Panther is now realizing that there's there's zombie Avengers. So he's like, uh, "That's uh, Tony," and the thing is like, uh, "That's that's Cage." Now Black Panther is like, "Something is wrong. We need to get the hell out of here now!" <laughs> and quickly they use the magic frog thing to go ahead and disappear into another realm. So, so this frog thing, this frog thing, it just, it just brings them wherever it wants, right? Like it, they don't choose where the frog thing brings them. It's like shuffle mode on your, on your iPhone. (laughs) It's like the random Marvel comics button of, of multiversal locations. Uh, like they should change like the little question mark card for the shuffle button on the Marvel Unlimited app to the golden frog. They should. That, w- that would make so much more Speaking sense. Speaking of which, that's a great time to remind you guys that you can hear a show that I do at random times on random occasions called the Random Marvel Comics Podcast. That is exclusively for second print patrons. When does it air? When does it drop? Who knows? You got to be a patron to find out because I don't even know. It happens whenever I get the inkling to open the Marvel and Com- Comics Unlimited app. Click that random button in the corner, which is a couple little question marks in the upper left corner, which I believe should eventually hopefully turn into the golden uh, teleporting frogs. I hit that button. I read the issue. I talk about it in a podcast and I and I hit publish. So just another reason to join Second Print Patreon and you can check it out this month and get a free freaking graphic novel for your efforts. What a deal. What a deal indeed. Speaking of deals, the Magic Frog is a pretty shitty deal because they go ahead and get zapped into a cave still on that Skrull planet. And immediately they're attacked by what they think is Reed Richards or somebody else. And then as they turn around, they find that the Skrull princess known as Lysia, the Human Torch's ex-wife, is there. And uh, I don't know if she was 
dead, thought to be dead at this point or something, or if she had just like disappeared. But anyway, Elijah's there. She actually was a member. She stayed "Ah." a member of the Fantastic Four for quite some time. Um, after she realized that she did have legitimate feelings for Johnny, even though she was supposed to be undercover, pretending to be Alicia Masters, pretending to fall in love with Johnny. Um, but uh, eventually, I believe, I don't think she died, but I eventually, I believe she did eventually just head back to the Skrull homeworld and, and rejoin the Skrulls. But I don't think we have seen her uh, in regular continuity. I mean, maybe when this story takes place, it might have it might have even been since the 90s, since she had been a member of the team, since we had seen her. It's been a minute since he saw his ex. So, and, so they basically Johnny's always wanted to, attacked. you know, re re flame on with a, with an old, an old flame, so to speak, if you will. Yes, indeed. So anyway, they end up getting quickly attacked by some like degenerate super scrolls that have the powers, of the fantastic four, except there's something wrong with them. Like they don't fight very well. So you have the scientist that comes out and he's like, listen, don't mind them. They're degenerate super scrolls. We could never really master it, but we need to know what you're doing here. And the Black Panther is like, what do you want? He's like, oh, that's for you to answer because you invaded us. And uh, Black Panther gives one of the best answers. He's like, well, actually, we have no connection to the uh, zombies attacking your planet. Our arrival here was on accident. I'm surprised he didn't just bring out the, the golden frog thing and just explain it that way. And Storm jumps in. She's like, I know that sounds improbable, but we'd actually like to help you defend your people against those monsters. I mean, it does seem like quite the coincidence that this crew teleports into the Skrull homeworld along with Bug Person the very same moment that these uh, that these Marvel zombies attack. I mean, I would be a little suspicious myself, to be honest. It, were I a Skrull? Yeah, so basically, as everyone is trying to figure out how to come up with a game plan, uh, the thing goes over to Johnny, and he's like, is that Lysia? Uh Anyway, back into the... Uh, city we see that and this is actually pretty grotesque we see the marvel zombies literally eating scrolls by the pile and uh you know at one point the hulk is screaming he's like hulk still hungry and luke cage comes over he's like of course you are hulk we're zombies man even if we eat everybody on this planet and we will we're we'll still be hungry and Hulk zombie Hulk is just not having it. So what he does, he gets into a fight and basic, he gets into a fight with cage and everyone is just trying to appease him. So iron man zombie comes over and he gives Hulk a, uh, a scrawl leg and Hulk is like, you all are not getting it. Uh, Pewdie banner could explain. So basically zombie Hulk is the ultimate alpha in the situation. Everyone is just really freaking terrified of him. So anyway, uh, now the Skrulls and the Black Panther are basically coming up with a plan to go ahead. And what they're first going to do is they're just going to go ahead and drop a bomb. So the Skrull fleet is surrounding them, but zombie giant man comes over and he starts like grabbing ships out of the air. Things are just not good because they're just like wrecking these ships and they're just eating everyone alive. So um, uh, we go back to the command center and Johnny's like, "Uh, excuse me, is your name Lija? And uh, she's like, uh, how did you know that? And Johnny's like, ah, I knew it. You don't remember me. Uh, you met me when you were a spy on Earth, remember? And, and basically what what's happening is like this Lysia might not be the same one. Uh, this this may or may not matter depending on how much you like Lysia. But basically this creates another subplot as to whether she is who she actually says she is. Uh, meanwhile, they go ahead and they're going to go ahead and come up with a plan. Meanwhile, something breaks through the walls of the Skrull command center and it ends up being zombie Luke Cage, who yells at them. I knew I smelled a hot meal nearby and the issue ends. 
Thoughts on this weird one? Because this one was definitely probably the weirdest. We, we got so much going on. Uh, we're seeing uh, the return of Lija. As uh, as I mentioned, uh, I first saw her in my very first comic book that I ever read. So that was interesting. And then this whole thing with the zombies, I, I got to say, it was I was really enjoying the zombies here. I was really enjoying, like I said, their banter. I enjoy that they seem to have basically kept their personalities just not the same morals, I guess. Uh, and, and I really enjoyed the whole thing um, with, you know, with Hulk getting into a fight, you know, zombie Hulk fighting zombie cage. Uh, it was really just like, it's like they're just throwing so many random things at us here. They're throwing in the, the golden teleporting frogs, the bug person, these uh, scrolls from another dimension, because clearly this are another, you know, multiversal scrolls, I guess. Multiversal Elijah, Marvel zombies, uh, all coming together with a new edition of Fantastic Four. And uh, is this is this, you know, is this Neil Gaiman Sandman like we looked at this week? Is this a literary work of art? I would say no, but it sure is fun and crazy. And I, I am I am enjoying it at this point. Yeah, and we continue on to issue 29. Uh, basically, they've still teamed up with the Skrulls, but now the Marvel Zombies have infiltrated the Skrull Command Center, so things are just not looking very well. So the Skrulls are fighting the zombies off. At this point, everyone is looking around, and they're like, look, these people were the ones that went ahead and brought him here. So they just start fighting, and things are just not good, because Zombie Cage is a zombie. I mean, he just he's, he's, he's unbreakable. He still has his Power Man powers, so you can't just go around trying to like, you know, shoot him like you can a regular person. So at this point, uh, the Fantastic Four jump in, and they're doing everything they can to go around, um, you know, stopping him. But they get to the point where it's like, you know, maybe he should actually try talking to him because even if he might still potentially be some type of Luke Cage, maybe he has T'Challa in his world. Who knows? So um, T'Challa takes off his mask and he's like, Luke, it is your friend T'Challa. I I can't do the voice anymore. I'm sorry. (laughs) You've you've made a worthy Um, effort. You can move on. Yeah. What has happened to you? How can we help you? And Zombie Luke Cage actually like his eyes light up and he's like, T'Challa, we were wondering where you were. I mean, to eat you. Hey, is that Johnny and Ben? Did you guys get cured on uh, cured or something? What's up? So he thinks that they're the guys from his universe at this point. He doesn't realize that he's in another dimension, another multiverse. So, you know, Human Torch is like, what are you talking about? And T'Challa's like, yes, I found a cure and I can help you too, Luke. He's just kind of playing along with him to get him around and Luke Cage is like, come on, T'Challa, don't hustle a hustler. No disrespect, but if Reed Richards, Tony Stark, and Bruce Banner couldn't come up with one, how the hell did you do it? In fact, considering you're here at the butt end of the universe with no real clue as to what's happening on Earth, puts me in a whole other mindset anyway. And at this point, you know, T'Challa looks at Storm, and he's like, and you always said Luke was dumb. And she's like, this is not time for joke. Besides, this universe may, uh, maybe he read a book or two. So... At this point, um, everyone is still trying to figure out what's happening, and they just are like, you know what, fuck it. Let's just go ahead and team up with all the super scrolls that are catching their second wind, and let's go ahead and attack him. Meanwhile, zombie Wolverine is breaching the Citadel, and he's just fucking murdering people. And it's really sad, too, because we see Spider-Man go and literally eat some scroll children. And, uh, you know, he, he looks at them as they're hiding under some furniture and he's like, come on, you couldn't think of a better hiding place than that. I didn't even need my cosmic abilities to find you or even the Spidey sense thing. I saw your feet. Hey, don't they have a version of hide and go seek here? You guys need to step up your game. Not that that would help with great power. And he eats them and finishes comes great hunger. 
That's so fucked up. I love, I I laughed, I audibly laughed out loud, which I don't do that often while reading comic books, uh, usually because I'm I'm often in public and that's awkward. But uh, luckily I was at home for this one and I just sat in my bed laughing at that line. It it cracked me up so much. And again, I just, I love that they, that these zombies, even though they're doing evil stuff, um, no, I don't know if they're doing evil stuff. They're just being zombies. They're just consuming and eating. I think eating people is evil. I mean, it is, but when you're a zombie, is it really your fault you're a zombie? You know, it's like you've been turned into a zombie and you just have to do what you have to do to survive, which is eat everything and everyone. So I don't know. If I, really I think that's it. legally called murder, Mark. <laughs> Look, I'm not morally justifying it. I'm just saying I like that they're witty while doing it. That's all. <laughs> well, speaking of witty, it gets really weird because we get through it as if things weren't already. We go through another couple pages of the uh, Galacti zombie Avengers continuing to kill people at one point. Um, Uh, zombie Wolverine is just tired of killing people with his claws. So he uses his Galactus blast just to blow some guy's head up. Uh, That was metal. So anyway, we go through a couple pages and this is where I remember laughing. I was like, this can't get any weirder. We see bug person as a zombie. (laughs) If things can't get any worse. I had actually totally forgot about bug person. And then I was like, Oh my God, that's (laughs) right. He got bit by zombie Luke Cage. Of course he's a zombie. Bug person is back and a zombie, and he is just as terrifying as a zombie as he was, is not a zombie. So at this point, um, you know, you see the Avengers, they're just like, fuck it. I'm sorry, the Fantastic Four, they're just like, fuck it. We've just got to get out of here with as many civilians as possible. So now what they do is they just get in the ship and, uh, you know, they leave a few of the super soldiers, the super scrolls behind to fight. And at this point, they're just like, you know what? We've just got to leave. So now everyone feels kind of shitty. Because um, what what they end up doing is they, they just basically end up just leaving the capital. Uh, meanwhile, what he ends up doing is he ends up contacting the Zombieverse version of himself, Black Panther. He ends up calling the Zombieverse version of himself uh, through a Scroll Comms link. And the guy responds, you know, the Zombieverse Black Panther, who's not a zombie. He's like, this is Black Panther. Who is this? I'd love to hear you do an and, impression of zombie Black Panther if you were a zombie, but we'll save that for another day, maybe. Uh, anyway, yeah. So so our Earth Black Panther is like, this is T'Challa, the Black Panther. So they all start talking to each other, and they're all just like freaking out and stuff. So, so basically they entered. I just want to be clear of what's happening here. Black Panther, to get away, just to recap this whole story, to get Bug Person out of the Baxter building, where he was eventually probably going to break free and cause damage in New York, they decided, look, we don't know where this little golden frog is going to take us, but it can get us and Bug Person out of here. So they do that, randomly go into this random other universe that is not the main MCU, or not MCU, but you know, not Marvel 616. That universe happens to currently be having a problem where the Avengers turn into zombies, got off of Earth, killed Galactus, took his power cosmic, and became zombie of Galacti Avengers who then invaded the Skrull homeworld of that universe at the very same time that this new Fantastic Four was frog gold, golden frog teleporting into it just to make sure I got this whole story right. Is that correct? Yeah. Real Rick and Morty shit, huh? Okay. Yeah. It's it's very Rick and Morty. 
Yeah, so basically, as he's talking to the zombie versus Black Panther, uh, zombie versus Black Panther's wife comes around. It's some redhead lady, and he's like, who are you talking to, beloved? Oh, and he's like, beloved, this is the Black Panther from another universe, I presume. And she looks at Storm through the comms, and she's like, a, a world where you married Storm? And Storm, ever the lady, she's like, believe me, I know the feeling, uh, but we all have bigger bigger issues to address now. So basically... Um, all the all the zombie Avengers are getting mad at each other for letting all the others go away. And as they're fighting over, like, you will get the limited supply of, you know, live scrolls. They all just start fighting each other. So who is that? They're all blasting each be, other. And is beating. it supposed to be anybody? I, I was kind of I don't thinking think it's supposed I was to kind of thinking um, Black Widow, but it kind of doesn't look like her either. So I, I don't think they say. I don't, I don't think so. I think she's just kind of here just to be here. Some redheads. Anyway, Probably that I'm, universe is slutty Mary Jane. Probably because Mary Jane is the worst love interest. Um, so basically what, what they are going to do is they're going to try and basically just get out. They, they, they understand at this point, like there's nothing they could really do about this universe. The best thing they could do is just try and use the golden frog thing to escape because anything they do is just not going to work out, especially since bug person is back as a zombie, which I don't even think they know that he's back, but he's back. Uh, what ends up happening is the scrolls are like, you know what we want, the, the frog thing, because if you're going to get out, we might as well get out. So hand it over. So the thing is like, ah, oh, you're kidding us, right? Didn't we do this more than once? Like how many times do we have to beat you out of, uh, 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 beat the tar out of you before you get it? And the scroll is justifiably saying you doomed this world. We need that device to escape. And storm ends up messing up the electricity in the ship. And she's like, what you need is power to run the ship. She gets real demonic there for a second. And she shuts off the power, causing the whole thing to freaking crash. Meanwhile, the Marvel zombies have basically come to their senses and they're like, you know, maybe we can get shit, uh, you know, up and working and moving along at this point. Uh, Meanwhile, what they've done is they've gone ahead and survived. So you've got the Fantastic Four trying to get their way out of the ship. So they're like, oh, somebody's come to save us. This is a rescue mission. No, it's all those super scrolls. Uh, who they met earlier, they've all been zombified. So now they're here to kill everyone. And, and I love that the super scroll thing says it's slobbering time. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, ever, ever on top of the zombie. Puns. Um, this just gets it more and more absurd and appropriately absurd. I mean, once you accept what this story is, that it's this crazy whirlpool through time and in various dimensions and um, zombies and Avenger zombies and bug person zombies and super scroll zombies. I mean, once you embrace what this is, it's really fun and they do a good job of every time you're like, what now? Well, they give you a what now? And then this time it was the, uh, the zombie fight, super scroll uh, fantastic four. So uh, I, it, it is, fun and to me honestly my favorite part of this still is i am just getting an absolute kick out of these zombie avengers uh that just it again it's a really unique take on zombies i think this is one of the few times we've seen some some zombie movies where the zombies are like you know various levels of intelligence sometimes they are have no intelligence at all sometimes they're a little smarter but this is the first time i've seen like truly highly intelligent zombies like these zombies they're horrifying, which is so much scarier. I mean, so much scarier. Like these, they formulate plans. Um, they can, they take the power cosmic. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Oh, what's going on with these zombies? It's absolutely crazy. And then the fact that they're zombifying all these other creatures around them, zombifying bug person, zombifying, uh, the super scroll four here. I mean, it's just, it's just wild and crazy stuff. Now we're on to the last issue, which is the last part of this story arc. Absolutely no way to win. 
and that's the best way to describe it. So basically, they've been uh, exposed to these new Super Skrull zombies. At this point, they're just in fuck it mode. So Black Panther, ever the leader, he looks at them and he's like, they are already dead, so strike to destroy and take out the invisible woman first. (laughs) 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 I'm sorry. I don't know if you're laughing or choking to death, but I'm enjoying it. Oh, God, it's both. Allergies make that laugh more maniacal, (laughs) but like, oh my God, like, this is the one quote. This is the one thing you have to remember from this entire thing. Just kill her. Just kill that bitch. Just... Just strike to destroy and take out the invisible woman but, first. I mean, the, but they've made it clear, especially like in, in the last issue when they first met these these like uh, super scroll uh, individual super scrolls uh, that that invisible woman truly is the most powerful one because she could just she could kill any of them at any point. So it it does actually oh, yeah. strategically make sense uh, that he would say this, but it is pretty funny too. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, they're just like literally, it's a license to kill. So what the thing does is he he grabs a giant rock and he bashes Mr. Fantastic Super Scroll Zombie's head in, which is kind of metal. Meanwhile, Black Panther's doing some sick acrobatics to go away from the Human Torch Scroll Zombie because that's a bunch of words. And what Storm does is she blasts him with a giant burst of wind and impales him on a giant fucking spike. Ow. Yeah. Like, this is a Fantastic Four that's cool with, like, murdering the hell out of people. Because mm-hmm. they're not people, they're just zombies, so all bets are off. Yeah, so then uh, what Black Panther does is his suit comes with these energy daggers. He basically shoots a energy dagger at, um, you know, Lyja's zombie, super scrawl, invisible woman, cutting her head off. And uh, at this point, everyone thinks they're kind of fine, but what they forgot was that you've got um, the incredible super scrawl zombie thing. And what they end up doing is the the human torch melts part of the ship that he's trying to pick up to throw at them. And then what Storm does, and this is actually a pretty cool power combo. She comes by with a burst of <coughs> a burst of wind, and she cools him, basically uh, trapping him in in molten lava. Uh, but remember, the energy dagger didn't actually cut off her head because I jumped the gun on that. It actually just stalled her. So what Black Panther does is he gets a giant sharp rock and he gun, runs over and literally cuts her head off which is so metal they're going and, full uh, walking dead point, on these things now yeah at this point like the head is still talking so as she's you know tumbling towards the human torch she's like you worthless human scum how dare you fine i'll even the score and black panther she's about to bite the human torch's leg so the black panther's like johnny fly now so johnny quickly moves and He's like, Lysha, and she's like, help me, darling, it's me. Like something out of Evil Dead. And then the Black Panther grabs a laser gun and blows up her head. This is just, this is freaking wild. He wishes he had that card of weapons with him still. Yeah, so you can't really squish a man who's made of rubber. So the thing actually kind of screwed up on this because zombie super scrawl, elastic man, uh, he grabs Black Panther. And at this point, everyone is just like, grab everything you have and just beat the shit out of him. So you see everyone just like grabbing things and like trying to beat this zombie Mr. Fantastic Four scrawl to death. And then finally, um, you have this one scrawl commander. He comes out with a freaking lightsaber sword and stabs him through the head, but ends up getting bit in the process. So then what they have to do is they basically have to like, you know, set him on fire, which seems appropriate, and then blast him. But he's not the one who, but Black Panther isn't the one who blasts him. The Galacti zombie 
Avengers were the ones that blast them with their power cosmic and they're here. And at this point, um, you know, they're just, they're, they're just like, ah, oh, shit, like what, what's going to happen. So zombie giant man comes in. He's like, all right, hand over the transdimensional device and nobody gets hurt because the Marvel zombies are like, you know, we can go to infinite univ- multiverses and just eat everyone across the multiverse and never run out. So that's why they wanted to get, yeah, there. that was part of the, the plan that came up at, towards the end of the last issue. They're like, you know, I've been thinking, uh, we've been eating all these, these scrolls. We, we ate everybody on earth. We're eating everybody across the galaxy. Like eventually we're going to run out. Of, we're going to eat everybody and we're going to run out. Like, well, these guys got that golden frog. So we can just get that thing, go with them to their dimension, eat everything there. Keep that thing. Keep hopping dimension hopping. And we can keep eating forever now. Yeah. So as soon as giant man is like, give us the device and nobody gets hurt. The human torch is like, you realize you've got no credibility of that statement, right? Nobody gets hurt. And zombie Spider-Man is like, you know, he's got a point. Maybe we should promise a quick and painless death as opposed to being eaten alive. And zombie Hulk is like, speak for self Hulk hungry. And zombie Spider-Man's having like an existential crisis. He's like, Oh Lord, listen to us. How far have we fallen? We used to be the people who talk like this. Now we're the worst ones ever. And all the zombies are just looking at Spider-Man like, dude, what's up with you? And zombie giant man is like, Peter, you've always been a sensitive guy, but look at this way. If Reed Richards voluntarily went zombie, then there must be something to it. He's the smartest of all of us. No offense, Tony. And zombie Iron Man is like, none taken, Hank. You're making a good point. And just to look at all all the menaces to Earth we've wiped out. The Badoon, the Shi'ar, the Skrulls. And zombie Spider-Man is like, but we wiped out our Earth first. Who are we saving? And, and uh, Luke Cage comes over and he's like, Pete, my man, man up. We ain't got time for this. We got to eat. So at this point, they're they're all like chasing them. But quickly, the giant frog thing zaps away. And now everyone is just kind of left behind. So now um, they end up getting teleported on the other side of the ship. This fucking thing, man, this thing just brings them to wherever it feels like, and not always the place they need to be. Usually not a better place than they were before. Yeah. So basically um, as they're going farther and farther into the ship, they hear a voice and zombie Wolverine is like, there's gotta be some living scrawls in here somewhere. And we hear this voice that's like, the question is not, are they alive? And then we see Thanos walk out and he's like, but are you? And everyone is like, Thanos, what are you doing here? And you see Lady Death walk behind him and he's like, surely you must have anticipated that with your appetites will eventually attract the attention of my mistress, Death. Um, I once tried to end all life in the universe as a gift to her. Now you stand at the edge of that gold. My admiration for your success outweighs my jealousy. So this Thanos is a cuck like usual. (laughs) So they're all like, uh, this is freaking weird. And zombie Iron Man is like, finally something we can agree on. Where's Dr. Strange when you need him? And Luke Cage, like we ate him (laughs) and uh, Thanos comes around. He's like, as your award for your efforts, my mistress is ready to give you the ultimate gift, her kiss and the cold of eternal void of her embrace. And zombie Wolverine is like, hold on there. Just because we're the undead doesn't mean, we want to, you know, like die. And zombie giant man is like, we could be cured. Where's the cosmic cube? It could undo all of this. And zombie Spiderman comes out screaming. He's like, not me. I've had it. The guilt is unbearable. I want to end it now. So basically what they decide to do is, you know, argue. But then what they see is that there's this scrawl couple right next to them as they were trying to escape. And they're like, oh shit, look what we walked into. So now the zombies are attacking them. 
Uh, meanwhile, the Fantastic Four are smart. They're just like, we got to get the hell out of here. So they've just been running this entire time. And they're running and they're running and they're running and they're running. So uh, basically at the end of this, they basically just deny death and Thanos and everything. And as they're um, you know trying to basically get out of here and try and go to another planet themselves with their power cosmic, they basically just end up like saying, you know what, fuck it, let's just destroy the world. So they combine their power together, basically start destroying this planet. And next thing you know, the Fantastic Four is like, okay, the frog is glowing again. We can use it to get out. So as they're about to, you know, escape this area, they end up back on the other side of the planet, back at the Skrull, you know, capital. And they're like, ah, you got to be kidding me. Uh, Not this again. And Storm is like, "Eh." and to make it work worse. And next year they turn around and it's bug zombie person right behind them because that would just make things make so much more sense. So right when uh, right when he's about to attack them, the planet just blows up. And what you see now is that um, the zombie Avengers are still alive and they're just like floating through space. And the last line of this issue is from zombie Luke Cage. And he's like, Hmm, now that's some good eating. Yeah. They essentially ate the planet. And I guess, well, if you keep reading, you'll the next episode, you'll find our next episode. Damn it. Next issue. Uh, you'll find out they did in fact survive, but it basically this, this teleporting golden frog zapped them away just as, uh, just as the planet was blowing up because the zombified Galacti Avengers decided to eat the planet Galactus style. Surprising. It took them that long to think of that. Yeah, so we're just going to end it there. They they do live. They do go on to another arc kind of related to this. But I thought for all intents and purposes, this was a good place to end. So let's just go ahead and hop into it. Mark, I got to say, this is probably one of the wildest, most random stories we've ever encountered on this show. It was. And uh, I did not really anticipate it being a Black Panther comic, but here we it are. It was very wild, very random. Again, um, when you said, hey, check out, let's check out this Black Panther story. It's a zombies tie-in. I was just like, I, I was still, I was trying to comprehend how this was even a zombies tie-in in the first place, because I didn't even realize that the zombies did in fact cross over into regular continuity. I thought it was completely an Elseworlds thing. Um, but I got to say, I, I there's so much of this that again, this is not a this is not a Neil Gaiman. This is not Alan Moore. This is not Shakespeare. This is none of that. But it is really fun. Uh, it is really enjoyable. And uh, I mean, I enjoyed everything from just seeing. Uh, basically, I got a Fantastic Four story, which I wasn't even expecting going into this at all. Uh, to me, I, I'm used to seeing various iterations of the Fantastic Four. So just sticking in Black Panther and Storm in there with Johnny and Thing that, that it really just felt like an old Fantastic Four story to me, even though it wasn't the original lineup because I've read so many fantastic story four stories with various different lineups uh so it worked for me on that level and then once we brought in the zombies and everything i mean it, it was just it just took off to a, to a whole nother planet a whole nother universe for me uh i i really really was surprised at first i was like this is just absurd but while it was getting more absurd i was actually finding myself enjoying it more because it sort of embraced its own absurdity um especially again i just can't get enough of the dialogue between these zombie avengers it's a really unique take on zombies to me where they maintain their intelligence, maintain their sense of humor, maintain basically everything about them other than their ethics and their morality. Whereas now they're willing to, to do just about anything uh, as long as they can keep consuming. So uh, this was really fun. Um, do you want me, do you want to say anything or should I just, should I just get right to the scores here? Yeah, no, I mean, this is one of those examples where it's like, this is comics. Yeah. Like they're most meta. 
Um, this was perfect because even though in the first issue we covered, we had to do a lot of like, you know, explanation of what has happened and what has led us here. I remember picking this up as a kid, not really knowing anything. And it just like, I was like, this is absolutely like bonkers crazy. And I loved it. And like, I, I feel like a kid again, having, having read through it now. I mean, it brings back so much joy. Sometimes comics can just be absolutely bonkers fun, even when they're in a title that wouldn't typically suit it, because I can't say that Black Panther's comedy, by far it's not. But during this Fantastic Four era, that really infused a lot of that Fantastic Four goofiness into the way. So I love it. So uh, you want to jump into ratings? Sure, let's just do it. And um, well, so I'm gonna, I'll start with the art by Francis Portella. I got to say, I did not, as much as I ended up having fun with this story, most of this art I didn't really like too much. Um, other than with the exception of I liked a lot of the portrayals of the zombies. For some reason, the art worked really well, specifically on the zombies for me. But most of all, it felt I, I've used this a lot. It felt a little too cartoony for me. That That's just, you know, that's just the way I, I would put it. So the art, I, I won't say it's terrible, but I won't say it's very good. I'm going to give the art a very average score of 2.5. Um, and then when it comes to the writing, like I've said a couple times, this is nothing brilliant, nothing genius. This is not uh, you know, Shakespearean prose or a Neil Gaiman soliloquy, uh, but it is really, really fun. And comics are supposed to be fun. You're supposed to enjoy yourself. And I enjoyed myself a lot through this. So I, it's hard for me to rate it super, super highly as, in terms of writing. But at the end of the day, if I enjoy the story, enjoy the characters, enjoy the dialogue, how can I complain too, too much? So I'm going to give the writing a 3.5. Uh, add that to the art of 2.5. I'm giving it a total of a six. And, and I'm just going to I'm going to agree with you on this one. The art is just basic. It's not bad. It's not good. It's just basic. 2.5. Um, you know, my usual standards are, are this, is this good for new readers? And is this good for seasoned new readers? readers? I don't know. It's, <laughs> I don't, I don't no, know. Like this is somewhere, this is somewhere weird in the middle because at the start of this arc, you really have to know a ton of shit. Like I had to do like five minutes of backstory before we could even start it. But then as it goes on, like you really don't need to know much more. You don't even really have to know much about Marvel zombies. If you never knew about Marvel zombies before this, I think you could pretty much understand Marvel zombies through here. So it's somewhere in the middle. I'm, I'm going to give it. Uh, a three because I think the dialogue is what saves it. The, the absolutely crazy way the story goes saves it. Even if the story isn't always that cohesive, it's like watching a Tarantino film. It's just absolutely crazy. So I'm going to give it uh, a 5.5 out of 10. All right. Well, that is uh, I'm surprised. I actually ended up rating this not too much higher, but a slightly higher than you. Uh, maybe because it was so fresh and so new for me, too. And because I never really encountered these Marvel zombies, because I think that really is my favorite part was seeing the Marvel zombies and, and their actual dialogue with each other and and their approach to everything. It just felt so unique to me. So I don't know. I don't know how much to be re- credited to Robert Kirkman and how much because I've never actually read the original Marvel zombie story. So I'm not sure how much that that sort of their approach and their dialogue draws from Robert Kirkman's source material. Uh, but either way, I, I did end up really enjoying it a lot. So I feel like a six is it actually seems low for how much I actually ended up having fun. For I it, mean, this is a good Sunday read. I have nothing really negative to say about it. I mean, it's not great, but it's a good Sunday afternoon read. Yep, absolutely. And I think that gives us a in total SPC score of 11.5 out of 20. Um, 
I would put this in the category of definitely not a must read, uh, definitely not an all time great. But if you heard us talk about it, Remzo and I both had fun reading this. Um, and I think, you know, it's it's really just it should have been higher, but the art was very, very mediocre. So uh, we didn't talk too much about yeah. the art during the show. But that is really what pulls the score down for that person was the best was the best creation. Bug person, yes. <laughs> I did enjoy bug. So are we supposed to think that, okay, so this time the the golden frog zapped them away from that planet and left bug person there to blow up with the planet? Is that what I'm supposed to understand? I think so. And if, if that's the case, why? so why does sometimes, do they have to be touching it or something? Because before they zapped away with bug person and brought him to the scroll home world. But after that, every time they zapped away to different parts of the scroll world, bug person didn't go with them. So maybe it's, I don't know if it's a proximity thing or what, what the rules are here with the, the golden frog time, time uh, universe skipping, but either way, it was the fun. magic, the magic glowing frog thing is it has its own rules yeah. that we will probably never, they know. even kind of talk about that too. They're even like, we don't really know how this works. It's possible. These are actually like sentient creatures and that it's deciding <laughs> to send us to these certain places for some reason, but that that's just kind of a one-off line from back black Panther. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's all I got, man. That's about all I got, too. So uh, if you enjoyed us discussing this wild and crazy story and you want to hear us discuss more wild and crazy stories that we read, you can do so by supporting us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And don't forget, the next four of you who do so, and it's quite likely, I would say, that by the time the next episode airs, we will have already given those away. Uh, So I would get on it. I would get on it right now. Five bucks you get. Five bucks is a great price for just a graphic novel, let alone the fact that you can, you know, check out our Patreon for a month uh, while you're at it. And uh, I'm quite confident that once you're on there, you're going to really enjoy the content and enjoy the interaction as well that you get to have by hopping into. Uh, you can hop in the Discord. I'm in there a little bit, and then a lot of people do a lot more uh, interacting and and such over in the Second Print Comics fan zone on Facebook. You get to access both of those when you uh, sign up for our Patreon as well. So uh, the best bang for your buck in the old comic Patreon business there at Patreon.com slash second print well as always folks i'm remsa w martinez and i am the marvelous mark read comics change Change the the world. world good night america adios Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.